Dirty Hands University Studios presents a DHU production. When I wake up in the morning, my alarm gets off the warning. I don't think I'll ever make it on time. By the time I grab a snack and I say what up, it's like I'm getting product to the shelf so I can watch it fly. It's alright, cause I'm saved by the dial. If the buyer needs a hand, he knows I'll understand. Cause I'm ready when the call comes through. Mega displays getting dirty for days. If the order comes in late, there will be more to do. It's alright, cause I'm saved by the dial. It's alright, cause I'm saved by the The Dirty Dial. Hey there, dirty nerds. It's that time of year, and you know what that means. It's Halloween. We've got a spooktacular episode lined up for you today. We've got some terrifying tales and a lot of creepy music that'll have you on the edge of your seat. Is it kind of cold in here? Yeah, you know what? It is a little cold in here. The AC must be acting up again. see in the office. I think we have an uninvited guest in the studio. What are we gonna do? Stand back, folks. I'll take care of this. You're definitely welcome. Dude, you destroyed our entire office. In my defense, Sister Kate's side was riddled with bowls of old oatmeal and what appeared to be open bags of trash. If you really think about it, it kind of helped. He's kind of right. Uh, let's just get to the morning announcements. Who you gonna call? Welcome, one and all, to the month of mayhem and mischief, where the moon shines a little brighter, the dark seems a little darker, and everyone who stupidly buys their candy too early ends up eating it all. <laughs> Fools. I did that. I'm the fool. Dirty Hands University is ready to celebrate all the wonderfully witchy things the season has to offer. Here's what's in store for today. They're big. They're mean. They'll chew you up and spit you out. They're store-level leadership. And on today's campus counselor, Pete takes a field trip down to our founder's office to grab some advice on how to tame those scary store-level personalities. Rory's got a few tools he thinks will do the trick. Now, what's better than a whole bag full of candy? Mikey Two Meals, whipping up this week's menu. Okay, maybe not better, but still, check them out. What's the winning recipe to understanding people and becoming a true leader? It's tricky. I've never seen a more complicated potion. Well, how long will it take to make? A month. 
Wait, wait, wait. You don't need a polyjuice potion to figure that out. Trust me. All you need is Dale Carnegie and his absolute must-have book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Check out Beyond the Bookshelf today, and I promise you're not going to have to brew any potions in the girls' lavatory and run into Moaning Myrtle. Who's Moaning Myrtle? I'm Moaning Myrtle. I wouldn't expect you to know me. Who would ever talk about ugly, miserable, moping, moaning Myrtle? What's the Dean resurrecting on today's Dean's List? Just a little ghoulish gratitude for a few freaky folks out there going above and beyond. Lastly, join us on After the Bell as we rifle through a few scary stories submitted by none other than our DH community. We've got ghosts. We've got a combat marine scared out of his wits. And other terrifying tales that are sure to make those dirty hands tremble. Ah, it's Campus Counselor Pete. What are you doing here this morning? Sister Kate, I'm going to need some assistance. Oh, uh, of course. I'll be right back, everybody. What do you need, Pete? I've been tracking Spirit Week all over the campus for the past couple weeks, and my PKE meter is going nuts down in the library. We have to get a handle on this before the week of October 23rd, or we are all in grave danger. I'll grab Mikey two meals. We might need the muscle. Awesome. He can help carry the proton packs. All right, boys and girls, now all that's left to say are the three magic words. Beetlejuice. 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 It's showtime. Go get him out there. Twist the bones and bend the back. Here to decapitate the mannequin, Mr. him of his baby. Just wait a second. Getting health aid in every store across every channel did not require a spell from the Sanderson sisters. You! You have no powers here, you fool! You're right, Winifred. The power lies in hard work and strong relationships at store level. Oh, come on. It's just a bunch of hocus pocus. I don't agree, Max. Also, you're a horrible babysitter. Health aid, hard work, no witchcraft required. Spend a little time today in the counselor's office with Peter Ruiz. Think of him as your own personal Mr. Feeney. Feeney's dead. Feeney's dead. Mr. Feeney is dead. Feeney can't die. And with a better mustache. His pant length might be short, but his credentials, they're long. Welcome to the Campus Counselor. I'm just an average man with an average life. I work from nine to five. Howdy folks, it's your boy PDP coming at you all the way from the campus counselor's office deep in the halls of DHU. Let's take a look at today's anonymous mission. Dear Pete, I'm pretty sure one of my TLs on my route just doesn't like me. She isn't even mean, but just indifferent to my presence in her store. I've tried to drum up conversation and get to know her, but she doesn't give me the time of day. Should I keep trying? Or just put my head down and do my thing? Signed, 
Is it me? Man, that's a tough one. Anyone who has stepped foot into an account has come across decision makers that made us want to run the other way at times. Wait a minute. You know what? I think I have the perfect person to talk about this submission this week. Come with me. Big Roar! Hey, Brother Peace. What brings you down to my office? Well, Roar, I've got a question I was hoping you could help answer. Ah, uh, scary decision makers. I just might have the thing. Over here, take a look in my drawers. I'll be honest with you, Big Roar. Seems pretty inappropriate. But all right. Not those drawers, you sick freak. My junk drawers. <laughs> Rubber band? Not just any rubber band, Pete. Here, take a seat. You see, Pete, everybody's got junk drawers. Mine are full of tangled string batteries, used birthday candles, and lots of things that appear to have no value until they do. Like the rubber band? Exactly. This isn't just a rubber band. Feel it. It's thick, and it's just sitting there in the drawer, waiting for a chance. I bet this thing has held lots of things together in its heyday. I wish it would hold on to the lessons I've learned along the way. The things that I've learned and since forgotten. But that's not how it works. The things I do hold on to are usually the ones that really made me struggle. The ones that were much more painful. So what does this have to do with dealing with scary decision makers? Well, a long time ago, well before Dirty Hands was a twinkle in my eye, I used to sketch the idea on a napkin. I can remember showing it to people at lunches when I was doing business. People seemed to think the idea had merit, but it would never work. So I've got this idea. It's called Dirty Hands. Here, let me sketch it for you in this napkin. Take a good look and tell me what you think. Look, I can see what you're trying to do with this Dirty Hands idea. Your heart is in the right place, but I think you are setting yourself up. People are going to walk all over you. And? Well, they were right. But if 10% of the people took advantage of what we had to offer and used us because we showed up, 90% would be blown away by the approach of putting them and their problems front and center with each and every visit. The painful part, the struggle, was handling those 10%. I needed to let them know that it was a two-way street, that the partnership we offered ran both ways. See, I had a grocery manager in New York City, the ones who, when he saw me come and he simply turned and said, light and sweet and a dainty. Well, he was a big voice in the TL community in New York City, and if I lost him, I was certain he'd crush me with the other TLs in the region. I did it once, but not twice. Instead, I stayed away from him for a few visits, working with the team members and building my bridges with them, looking for advice on how to handle this relationship with their boss. What did they say? Their advice was that I didn't need to bite back, but when the time was right, I had to let them know that the service I offered was more valuable than a coffee in Danish. That I was happy to spend more time in the store helping out where I could, but that river flowed two ways. And I had to get something for the effort, or I could take my effort and my energy down the road where I could get a more positive response for my time investment. That was brave. Well, Pete, I was terrified. I practiced my lines over and over again on the subway down to the account. I had backed off one day when I didn't feel the vibe was right. It literally tormented me until I did it. And although I'd like to say he flipped overnight, that's not the case. What he did do was stop asking me for coffee in Danish 
and he started to pay attention to the work that I was doing. Over time, he warmed up to me. And over time, I bought him a coffee in a Danish without him having Danish. So what about the rubber band? Well, Pete, the rubber band is a good analogy for holding on to the learning experiences. The ones that hurt more than usual. The ones where you're most afraid of making a mistake. You got to take the chance, take the step, and then wrap it, the whole experience, in a thick rubber band so that you can both remember it and maybe somewhere down the line teach it to someone else. The wins are nice, but the learnings and the failures, Pete, the risky decisions we made to take where the outcome is in question. Damn, you're good. Oh, Pete, one more thing before you go. What's that roar? I wouldn't stress too much about these things, Pete. You know, a wise man once told me, just in groceries. Good afternoon, dirty hands. Little love uh, coming from Smokey Robinson and the Miracles. Who also can't get Lars dancing in that middle of that awkward dance floor on heavy weights out of your mind? I know I can't. Talking about love. These two shout outs today are Dirty Hands lovers, brand lovers, team lovers. They're lovers of clip strips. They're lovers of challenging brands. Number one, first shout out to Mr. McCarty. Bring in the party. Getting things done for Haven's Kitchen and Country Archer. You know, an angry brand brings an opportunity to wow them. And Luke knows how to do that well. Big shout to you, Luke McCarty in the Rocky Mountain. We got a one T. We got two T's. How about two Z's? Zach Zender in the Southwest. Big shout to you, my friend. Bringing that love to Sprouts and Natural Grocers. And not just for one brand, but for brands like Ready Set Foods and Haven's Kitchen and Bakery on Main. Zach gets it done. Shout out to you, Zach. Shout out to you, Luke. Shout out to this whole fam. Shout out to that guy. Shout out to Smokey Robinson. Shout out to Halloween. Shout out to NBA. 
Shout out to Thursday and Friday and the weekend. Lots of love, y'all. See you next week. Hey. <coughs> What's happening, everyone? I just got so much going on this week. Halloween party down in the quad. Pumpkin carving at the frat house. For today's menu. <coughs> just not all that hungry. Mikey Two Meals? Not hungry? Are you sick or something? It's cold and flu season after all. Lucky for you, Beekeepers Natural has all sorts of promotional activity going on this month. They do? Where can I find these bees you speak of? And will they sting me? Wow, you're really out of it. Well, if I were down in the field today, I'd put beekeepers anywhere that people are impulse buying. I would load those spots up with beekeepers' lozenges, grab-and-grow propolis, or their throat spray. Target the check stands. But don't overlook any other area of that cold and flu-type items or merchandise. They would tie in great. Bless you, friend. You really came through for me today. You really gave this segment a second chance. I didn't really have a plan B. All right, homie. Why don't you go lie down? Symmetrical book stacking, just like DH Spirit Week of July 2022. You're right. No human being would ever stack books like this. Listen. You smell something? Oh, sorry. Shh. Talk about telekinetic activity. Look at this mess. Pete, look at this. Ectoplasmic residue. Quick, Mike, get a sample of this. Somebody blows their nose and you want to keep it. I'd like to analyze it. Pete, I'm getting stronger readings here. Come on. It's here. Full torso apparition, and it's real. So what do we do? What do we do? I don't know, what do you think? We've got to make contact. One of us should actually try to speak to it. Okay, good idea. Hello, I'm Mike. Where are you from, originally? Mike, it's me, Lavinia. I've been with DHU for well over a year. It's not working. Okay, I have a plan. I know exactly what to do. Stay close, stay close. And now do exactly as I say. Ready? Ready? Shh. Do you three mind keeping it down? There are no ghosts in my library. And I'm about to start my segment. Sorry, Lavinia. Ugh, gross. And who the hell stacked all these books up like this? What was that? In a world where connections are key and influence is paramount, Carnegie's timeless classic, How to Win Friends and Influence People, unveils the secrets to building meaningful relationships and achieving personal success. With practical wisdom and profound insights, this book offers a roadmap to navigating the sometimes complex terrain of human interaction.
Winning over intimidating or difficult decision makers can be especially challenging, and the book emphasizes the following key principles for winning over such people. First, show genuine interest and honest appreciation. Carnegie stresses the importance of showing a sincere interest in others. Ask questions, listen actively, and make the other person feel valued. Acknowledging the strengths and qualities of difficult decision makers can be particularly useful. This approach can help disarm even the most intimidating individuals. Next point, use techniques that increase your likability. Smile. It's a universal symbol of friendliness, warmth, and positivity. People love to hear their own name, so remember to use the names of the people you meet as it shows respect and indicates that you value them as individuals. Anne was getting a little chummy. When people get too chummy with me, I like to call them by the wrong name to let them know I don't really care about them. That's a genius move. Thank you. You're welcome, Lester. Allow others to save face. People have an ingrained need to preserve their self-esteem. And when you aid others in avoiding embarrassment, you help them protect it. And by admitting your mistakes, you demonstrate the kind of honesty and humility that fosters trust and cooperation. The next key insight is to connect to their desires and talk in terms of the other person's interests. Understand the desires and motivations of the person you're dealing with. Speak in a way that resonates with their concerns and priorities and try to find common ground. Frame your proposals and ideas in a way that aligns with their interests and goals. Also, be a good listener. Listening is a powerful tool for building rapport and gaining insight into someone's perspective. When you listen attentively, even difficult individuals are more likely to open up and cooperate. A key principle from the book is the idea of allowing others, especially difficult people, to feel that they came up with a solution themselves, which can be achieved through several strategies. One, asking questions. Instead of imposing your ideas or solutions on others, ask them open-ended questions that encourage them to think critically and express their thoughts. This approach makes people feel heard and respected. Second, using their ideas as a starting point. When discussing a problem or potential solution, build upon the other person's ideas, acknowledge their contribution, and then add your thoughts as a natural extension of their suggestions. Three, sharing your thoughts indirectly. Instead of stating your idea directly, frame it as a question or a hypothetical scenario. This allows the other person to consider your viewpoint without feeling pressured or manipulated. Another suggestion is to sympathize with the other person's point of view. Show empathy and understanding toward their perspective, even if you disagree. This approach can reduce hostility and promote cooperation. You also want to consider dramatizing your ideas. Use storytelling and vivid examples to make your points more compelling and memorable, especially when dealing with resistant individuals. Storytelling and vivid examples evoke emotion, which can make others feel more connected to your message. And last but not least, be patient. It may take time for others to come around to your point of view or for them to see the merits of your idea. 
but be patient and persistent without being pushy. By applying these principles from how to win friends and influence people, you can enhance your social intelligence, build meaningful relationships, and become a more influential and respected individual. These strategies can also increase your effectiveness in winning over intimidating or difficult decision makers and building stronger, more positive relationships with them. Something tells me you've probably got your own story or two to tell about winning over a difficult decision maker. It's an awesome achievement, so don't feel shy about sharing them with the Dirty Hands family. I took my troubles down to Madame Rue. You know that gypsy with the gold cap too. She's got a pad down a pretty broken vine. Selling little bottles of love potion number nine. Hey, hey, Dirty Hands crew, it's Megan from Health Aid. I'm hopping on to tell you how excited our team is to expand our partnership. Health Aid and Dirty Hands began around the same time and it's been great seeing our companies grow. Now we get to do it together and better than ever. Thank you so much for the work you have and will do to spread the good Health Aid word. Also, if you're brainstorming a Halloween costume, I think we have a giant pink lady apple and pomegranate somewhere in storage that we can try to dust off. Thanks again and have a bubbly day. Gather round, friends. Take a seat by the fire. No one was harmed in the recording of these scary stories, except maybe a few egos. Everything you hear today is hauntingly true. Our first tale was creatively written and submitted by Michael Dosh, Mid-Atlantic Account Manager. Known only as H Street, this retailer gives even the most seasoned veterans the heebie H Street in D.C. stood for haunted for sure. Before I started as count manager, I was warned, watch out for H Street. Staff were disappearing. Predecessors had been trapped in the cooler for days. My guide was the mythical towering trainer Kuba, who produced tags and placements as if by magic. Yet there was one monster that even Kuba could not speak of. The likes only known from urban legend. The Urban Remedy Case. We both recoiled in horror, shrinking at the sight of the half-empty display. Twisted bottles and rotting salads strewn about like gruesome murder victims. There was nothing we could do but take inventory of the situation. And like a street-savvy detective, Kuba meticulously counted and cleaned up the dirty mess. Throughout the store, whispers of wild weekends, zombie attacks on energy bars, yogurt, and kombucha were impossible to ignore. 
Only decay and a few frightened, frazzled grocery team members remained. I didn't sleep well that first week. And I still hear Kuba's voice counting cookies half-crazed. But I learned an important lesson that day. H Street is haunted. But what it stands for is hard. Hard work. For the only way to deal with the horror is to face the fear and do the hard work required to keep count managers and their missions alive. Marines are made differently, with all the bravery and courage required to do what's necessary on behalf of this amazing country. What could bring a U.S. Marine to his knees? Make him not want to be alone in a store? Let Juan Blanco tell the tale of Manhasset's man in the basement. Hey, what's up, Dirty Hands family? So here we go. Manhasset, Long Island, right? It's the first store for Whole Foods in Long Island right back in 95. I worked there for six months. I was the frozen buyer slash supervisor. So as leadership in Whole Foods, you have to do changeover. The basement was creepy, old building. It was where the boiler room was. Hey, we need another shelf, good old basement. And as leadership, obviously you go first, right? You can't say nobody. It was always one of my biggest fears. I'm a Marine, but I'm very nervous when it comes to stuff like that, right? So. A lot of my friends are like, you know, how come you went to the Marine Corps, you're such a scary cat, but if you had a rifle full of rounds, how are you gonna be scared? But whatever. So the story goes as the guy in the basement, right? Everybody feared the guy in the basement. During changeover, we had one of our team leaders or ATLs. He used to go home. I mean, when has it, they had the same people for years, so they knew how to play the system. This guy used to go home, pick up the wife and come back to work and used to leave him by myself during changeover or at least with two other people. So every time we, was, we were by ourselves, we were like doing the work in the same aisle together because we knew about the guy in the basement. So uh, we used to hear things, but you know, like you're by yourself, you're like, ah, whatever, but you trick your mind that it's not the guy in the basement. Uh, but every changeover, we used to work together. Like everybody used to work in the same metro together. If you had to go to the backstop, you go with somebody because everybody knew about the guy, the guy in the basement. And my last day, they're like, Blanco, you have it good. It's just me and you. Well, the other ATO, whatever. And he left, he left me by myself in the whole store. Right? No cleaning crew, nothing, just by myself. That was the worst four hours of my life. Not even in comeback, I felt that fear, right? Uh, I was pushing my U-boats, looking left and right, looking to my back. I was in fear. Uh, luckily, nothing happened, but it was just more of a gas up. Like, yeah, man, the guy in the basement. Uh, we heard stuff, but it was like, maybe that's whoever is back there doing coffee or one. But yeah, that's the story of the guy in the basement. And it was my worst three hours ever. But again, hey, it is what it is. The mind played tricks with you, but I'm still here. So <laughs> that's the whole story about the guy in the basement. <laughs> Hope you like it. I mean, it's not that creepy, but I freaked out for three hours. <laughs> Thank you guys. Brother Pete's been around the block. He's seen some things, conquered retailers, and tamed even the wildest of situations. 
But there's one fear, however, that he can't quite get over. Stay tuned to see what really scares him. It may surprise There's always that one account. That one account where you think twice about using their bathroom. Was it haunted? No. Was it downstairs in a deep, dank basement? Nope. It was actually right up near the registers. What made the possibility of peeing in my pants seem better than using their facilities? None of the stalls had functioning door locks. This is my nightmare! Yeah, yeah, I get it. Save your judgment. The fear was real, man. I declare this meeting of the Midnight Society closed. Remember, keep your head on a swivel. Steer clear of the basement. And don't forget to check the stalls for functioning locks. <laughs> Happy Halloween, Dirty Hands. People are strange when you're a stranger. Faces look ugly when you're alone. Women seem wicked. When you're unwanted, streets are uneven When you're down, when you're strained Faces come out of the rain When you're strange No one remembers your name When you're strange When you're strange When you're strange People are strange when you're a stranger, faces look ugly When you're alone, women seem wicked When you're unwanted, streets are uneven When you're down It's just... Groceries. It's just groceries. Just groceries.